Hello. Hello. Hi, Ziza. How you doing? Hi, I'm, I'm all right. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Um, I've gone with as many cushions and things as I can to try and match <laughs> Me too. I've got cushions, I've got a blanket, I've got everything. Appreciate Leon's always got a blanket. Hi, Leon. Am I sounding okay? Um, beautiful as ever, Leon. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Searching for Elephants. It's that life search podcast you love to listen to. Ah, Melvin, good to see you. How you doing? Right. All good, all good. Got through to Andrew at Barclays. How can I help today? right <laughs> now. That'll definitely go in the podcast. <laughs> I'll do my um, Dale Winton supermarket sweep if you're lucky. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> Are we waiting for... We're waiting for Darren, aren't we? He's yeah. always protecting a family somewhere, which is a perfectly reasonable reason to be late. How's the start of 2021 been? Uh, it's been okay. If I was, uh, I thought I said to my team, this is the time when typically in the year no one goes out anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I've been telling my friends that they're not going to see my son till he's probably two. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not great, and I think we need to keep communicating to keep the levels of positivity and uh, motivation up. Yeah. Aziza, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I think very similar to um, what Melvin said. I think it's a case of trying to keep positive, and like what Liam said as well. I think we all expected this in some way, shape, or form. Hey guys, sorry about that. Right. Hey, yeah, I think hey. it's a case of just getting on with things. Yeah, completely agree with you, Aziza. But now that Darren has dialed in, today is Monday, the 18th of January, 2021, which in America is Martin Luther King Day. Dr. Martin Luther King, that is. So what better day to have Life Search's Fairness and Diversity Squad come and chat about what it is they do. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hey, Hello. Mentioned in this conversation a couple of times is Darren Sturdy's previous podcast. If you haven't heard it already, I would invite you to go and listen to that as well. It's the previous episode released in the Searching for Elephant series. But first question to you, the Fairness and Diversity Squad, is what is the squad for? I'll take that one if I may, Angus. Um, hi, I'm Andrew Parker and I'm the Head of People and Culture. I suppose if we go all the way back in a way to 2012, I won't tell the whole story, but that was when we um, agreed as a business what our five business values were going to be. Um, that theme of kind of tolerance, of, of diversity, of fairness has always kind of run through our business. But in the light of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, um, we felt we needed to do more. Um, so we brought together a group of seven of us from around the business from um, uh, different backgrounds, um, really to, to help um, shape and review and influence the, the business's processes and philosophies, um, I suppose, to ultimately make sure that none of them are structurally discriminatory in any way. Um, and I think also part of the squad's remit really is to kind of educate and inform um, you know, and, and challenge everybody in the business to kind of think again, perhaps, about um, you know, the way they look at the world. So it started from there. Um, and then the next step really was for our, um, our diversity survey that we did um, back in October. So that gave us a really kind of current view of what our business looks like. Um, in, in, in many areas, we did very well. Um, but then in other areas, we're, we're not quite yet 50-50 in terms of gender parity. Um, our leadership team is, is whiter than the rest of the UK and whiter than the rest of LifeSearch. Um, We've um, Our learning and development team have been rolling out some very interesting unconscious bias training to our leadership team, which is now going out across the whole business. Um, so powerful and so um, challenging did many of us find that. Um, yeah, we've launched you know, movie clubs and book clubs, which have um, really kind of challenged people's kind of perceptions and, and added some kind of historical context um, to, to the conversations. When we look at how the protection industry you know, focuses on things like um, you know, uh, you know, gender and race, um, how people are protected, the 
kinds of questions they're asked. Um, you, know, you simply can only be male or female on most insurance applications. That doesn't reflect the truth of, of kind of um, of people. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's a lot already that the squad has achieved. Hmm. And just taking it back to the film clubs, the book clubs, can you guys tell me about any particularly interesting conversations um, that, that have happened within that? I can go on this one. Um, my name is Darren Sturdy and I'm an advisor uh, in the London office. Um, to be honest, a lot of the books are all to do with raising awareness and, and just making people think about things that they may not have necessarily otherwise thought about. So it's been quite interesting just to see the reaction of, of people who may not have otherwise thought that these issues were around. They may have thought they were around, but they didn't know to kind of what extent. Mm. Do you think it's that that shared experience of reading the book or watching the movie or whatever it is that helps to create the conversation? I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think there's something to be said about you know, the, the shared experience. And, and the other thing I've really liked about the, the clubs is that, yeah, the, the, so the bravery that people, you know, when they've watched things like um, you know, Selma or 12 Years a Slave, when people have just quite openly said, you know, goodness me, you know, seeing that person being tortured in that way, that really you know, shook me to my foundations. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, Aziza, I was just going to say, if I can add to that, um, sorry, I'm Aziza, I'm the um, client support leader in Leeds. Fantastic. A lot of us on here, probably because we're um, of a certain ethnicity, we make a, a, a conscious decision to read these kind of books or watch these kind of films um, because, you know, it, it, it resonates with us. Whereas I think maybe with people not of colour, it doesn't particularly resonate with them. So to have these kind of clubs does open... Uh, you know, does open people's eyes up to what we've potentially sort of, you know, what we know about what is part of our history, what is part of our culture. I was just going to add on to what Aziza mentioned, really, there. I think also when a lot of people hear about racism and that sort of thing, I think a lot of people look at the old videos and uh, pictures of it and then they seem to think it's happened in the past. It's not something that's kind of happening now. It's like, you know, it's the case of, you know, if you don't, if I don't see it, it's not, it's not happening. And that's why the George Floyd incident was massive, because everybody saw that, you know, everyone was able to see exactly what happened. Again, just kind of highlighted the fact that, you know, this is an ongoing issue, not just something that happens every now and again. Yeah. I'd also like to add something as well. I'm Melvin and client support for franchise. Um, well, We've franchise. met you before, Melvin. <laughs> yeah, too often. Um, nah. For me, I, th I think one of the things that that the, the Fairness and Diversity Squad has brought about is the conversations that I've started to have uh, around the business with people. They they feel that they can't chime in. It's not their place to. We're basically saying to people, it's everybody's place to say something when it's wrong, regardless of whether it's somebody being you know racist, somebody being homophobic, somebody being sexist, all these things are wrong. Mm. It's everybody's place to actually call it out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Darren's spoken a, a couple of times already. He recorded that podcast with my dad in uh, July 2020. Did that promote conversations within LifeSearch? There were people in, in um, team briefings that I've had who are actually quite upset and, and they hate the fact that this happens. One of my colleagues actually is Icelandic and she left Iceland because she found um, even her family were a bit racist and she came over here and she's found that there's racism here as well. So, it, it, you know, this podcast has sparked conversations and they want to know why and they want to know how to change it. 
And I suppose, you know, in one way, we're, we're basically trying to, to rectify things by creating awareness. Mm. And um, as I've said before, our, our route to curb racism is, to, is empathy and understanding. You know, people are, can be a bit ignorant, and through the ignorance, they, they have these prejudices. By educating them and, and getting empathy from them, hopefully these things will subside. But it's a work in progress. Um, hi, this is um, Leon Golding. Um, I'm a people and business leader um, in Leeds. Let's add to that, Melvin. I think I, I've had a few conversations with people around the, organi- um, the, the business. Uh, one person in my team was, I suppose, really curious, um, to which we had a really, a, a really sort of um, deep sort of conversation talking about, you know, what it's like to be um, a black man in, in, in England, things that I may see that they don't, the, the concerns I have maybe about going to a different city that I've never been to before, um, I would maybe ask my friends, you know, is it safe for me to go? Wow. Um, it may, part of, it would, of that would be in jest, but part of it would actually be serious. If I haven't been there before, mm. I would have a concern about if I, am I going to go there and as such, because of how I look, be perceived differently to being in Leeds, which is a very cosmopolitan city. Um, I also had a really um, deep conversation with somebody who I used to work with in a, in, in a team, and I think they f- um, felt or wanted to talk to me about a specific incident that, that they could remember where we had a conversation, which I didn't even remember. But I suppose Darren's podcast got them thinking and about the language they used, and they wanted to clarify whether I felt offended by something. I didn't. Um, but I think that just shows that the impact that it can have is it's getting us to think about how we talk, the language we use, and the impact it can have on others. And, and that can only be a good thing. I'd like to just just add on to that as well. I mean, we, we have this thing at the moment called cancel culture. So, for instance, if they cancel shows on the BBC, I can guarantee you that the, the black community or, or the, the minorities have not actually been asked whether these shows should be cancelled or offensive. But by going ahead and just cancelling those shows, it then means some people feel quite aggrieved by that. So one of the things we have to make sure is that we're not here to stop cancelling shows. We're not here to stop doing things to make people feel aggrieved. We're here to make make things fair. We're here to make sure people feel included and inclusive. And, And if something doesn't offend somebody, we need to tell them, no, if you ask me, how do I keep my hair like that? That's not a racist comment. You know, some people don't want to approach and don't want to, to, to talk to people of minority. They don't want to ask about their culture because they think maybe asking about it is racist in, in some sort of way. So it's really, really important we, we have a forum like this to show people out there that, look, you know, we need to have conversation. We need to have understanding. And through that, we'll stop the misunderstandings. We'll stop people jumping on different parts of movements and having those movements actually fail because it's been just perceived as something else and people feel threatened so the movement doesn't go anywhere. And you're very right there, Melvin, to, to use the word inclusive because that, as we, we've said as a squad in these coming weeks and months now, we need to you know, kind of broaden the squad out. So we've been, been very focused on issues of, of race and ethnicity up until now. But as I talked about in my earlier comments, um, yeah, a whole bunch of different things come under you know, fairness and diversity. So um, I know next month, Angus, we're focusing on recording an LGBTQ plus podcast to um, focus on history month there. 
the number of people in our business that yes that, um, declare themselves as having a disability is about a third of the national rate. Um, so we've got a lot of work to do there as to you know, why we seem not to be um, you know, attracting and supporting and offering careers to those kinds of people. So yeah, that whole inclusivity thing is absolutely vital. Then that, mm. that's where the squad goes next. Yeah, I just uh, I'd like to pick up on on Melvin's point about about cancel culture, and and it's it, I think you raise a really uh, fantastic point in that if if people don't feel offended by it by by doing that and and, and cancelling those shows all it does is it does the opposite of what you're trying to achieve it's going to make people feel very threatened and if they feel threatened they wouldn't want to listen and they'll think oh you know you're 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 trying you're, you're controlling me you're, you're changing me there is no freedom of speech no freedom of thought and i don't understand because the people who do this are quite intelligent so why would you do the opposite of what you're trying to achieve? It, it doesn't make much sense to me. I was just going to say, I agree with what Melvin said. I think it, at some point it seems like we're trying to create some sort of utopian future where we want to kind of cancel out all of the um, all of the negative, all of the kind of discriminatory, which we know is never going to happen. And I think, you know, those of us who are genuinely kind of um, affected by these things are probably... Those of us who don't, act, who aren't actually offended, if I look at it myself, I think when I listened to Darren's podcast, you know, there was a part of it where, you know, you mentioned Darren, where we're told um, to behave a certain way, we're told to act a certain way, to kind of, you know, um, not challenge anything necessarily, you know, kind of just agree and just be better than everybody else because we have to prove ourselves more because we have to do so much more than everybody else. Um, but, you know, going back to that, is that a sort of, you know, first generation immigrant um, thoughts and beliefs, which may not necessarily have the same sort of effect on us second generation, wherein, you know, we, we believe that, it, you know, it is right to stand up for ourselves. It is right to kind of challenge this sort of culture. It is right to challenge these kind of things. And it isn't necessarily, you know, about proving yourself anymore, because we don't wake up every day thinking of our, you know, I'm Asian or I'm, you know, I'm a, a different colour. We just think of ourselves as, as ourselves. We don't, we shouldn't necessarily have to prove ourselves because of our colour or our race or our, whatever, um, you know, background we have. Yeah, I'm just going to say, Aziza, I, I totally empathise with that as a, as a gay dude. Yeah, um, and I was thinking back again to Darren's podcast and conversations we've had where you've talked openly about almost having to put on a bit of a facade, you know, to, to make sure that you don't get um, victimised in any way. And I can certainly empathise with that. Um, yeah, starting new jobs and just kind of thinking, okay, I better just kind of hold back a little bit. Um, or if I did, the rare occasion where I may do something a little um, flamboyant, shall we say, um, kind of just catching myself doing it and going, oh, no, you better kind of you know, wind that back in until you're a bit more comfortable or until they know you're gay. Uh, I think that's incredibly damaging for your, your mental health. I was just going to touch on what uh, Aziza said. Um, I have a son and he's he's 16 months now. started walking, by the way. Um, <laughs> he's 16 months. And it was really strange because it was only when the George Floyd thing happened thing, I actually realised, ooh, hang on a second. He's mixed race. He's going to go to school. He might get the insult. He might get this. And I think, oh, I've got a black child. I'm going to have to have a talk to him at some point. And I was only, I had just been going to my happy little word thinking, I've got a great son. And it was only that incident. And it started, you know, bringing back all these, all these things for me. And I think that's when I, I, you know, spoke to Andrew a few times <laughs> about, um, do, do we do something? And, and Andrew wanted to, he wanted to do, and Tom wanted to do something. And, and lo and behold, 
everything starts happening. These these things that happen, you know, across the world can have such a big big influence on people and change people. And it's it's certainly had a massive effect on me. <laughs> you know, I, I know Darren. You, I mean, with the podcast, it was quite weird the experience that you you've had because. Um, I've had a sort of different type of experience. When I was quite young at school, there was obviously a lot of racism there because there were no other black people at the school. And what I actually had when I went to Manchester was I'd, I'd actually be stopped by police. But when I step out and I start speaking and they realise I'm well-spoken, I'm not from around there, they, they would let me go. But they used to see a black guy in a car stop him. But as soon as I came out and I was able to speak, they actually let me go. So uh, I don't know how, how to take that. It's a bit of a weird one. Well, in that respect, is it maybe that you're... I mean, the, the policemen are judging you first on the colour of your skin and then by the tone of your voice, which still isn't right. Um, it's... I mean, obviously, you've, you've, you, you sound OK to the, to the policeman, so they're letting you go, which is fine for you in that moment, but on a wider level is... It's wrong. Yeah, I think I agree, Angus. I think as a as a child, um, I was someone who used to always run anywhere. So I, I recall um, my grandma saying, go to your dad's, you need to go home. I used to always think I was Carl Lewis and I want to run as fast as I can. Me too. Yeah, I was the running boy. Um, I got to an age where I remember my dad um, sitting down and saying, you can't always run everywhere and maybe don't run at night and don't run so fast because you could be perceived as doing something wrong and running, running away from somewhere. And I was like, that I've always run. And um, I remember being pulled over and they were asked, you know, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just, I'm running. And they're like, well, why are you running? And I was like, just because I like to run. It's just, that's just what I do. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yes, certainly. And he was, you know, he asked where I lived. He asked, um, would, would I mind being taken home? And I was like, well, yeah, if you want to take me home, that's completely fine. I remember um my father asking why I'd been taken home and um, he got, I remember getting a bit upset saying, so he's, he was running basically is what you were saying. Um, and I think, from, I think from their viewpoint, they were just, obviously they'd seen someone running. They wanted to make sure that I was saying who I was. They wanted to ensure that I suppose call my bluff if there was a bluff and me going home and going to this house and, and, and stopping and my father speaking to them. But that I think was the first time of me maybe thinking, you know, okay, well, maybe it isn't right to to run at this sort of time. Maybe I'll just walk. If it's if it's late at night, I'll just walk, um, and I'll choose when I, when I when I run. But there's, I think there's the ultimate experiences. You know, when you, just when you when you go to airports, me and my friends. If we if I go on holiday with my friends of ethnic heritage, we have a, we play a game and we we'll say who will get pulled over. Um, we, we 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 know someone probably will do. We, we make we make a we make fun of it, but. Um, when I've gone on holidays with um, my Caucasian friends or, or mm. people of different backgrounds, it tends not to happen. Or if it does, it tends to be me, um, which can be a, um, slightly embarrassing at times, really. I've kind of had similar experiences sort of going on holiday mm. um, right at the height of the Trump administration mm. when they had the um, Muslim ban. Um, we booked a trip to kind of go to America. And then, you know, when it all set in and then I'm thinking, right, OK, well, we're going to go to America. You know, are they going to let me in? First of all, was my was my first thought, because then I'm literally going to lose my holiday. I'm going to lose my money because they can mm. literally turn you away the, at the airport without giving you any reasoning as to why. Um, and I remember kind of having this discussion with one of my friends and them saying to me, well, 
you don't look overtly Muslim, so you'll be fine. Um, and, you know, just, and that's kind of coming from somebody who's, who's Muslim as well. You know, these are things that we, that we generally kind of have to deal with on a, uh, on a day to day basis. And that's the simple thing as just kind yeah. of getting through customs, getting through, um, you know, I've been stopped before, but that anxiety all the way kind of going through, um, going through customs here, kind of getting on the aeroplane, you know, when you should really, a holiday is an enjoyable experience or should be an enjoyable experience, but the anxiety up until I got through and actually, um, you know, said, right, okay, that's fine, you can go. Um, you know, it's, I suppose, unfair, really. And so just uh, change the slight subject slightly, Darren, since you since you made the podcast, have things changed in the last six to eight months for you as a man of colour, for for any of you as people of colour? Um, obviously, obviously, I, I do accept that it's difficult to tell because yeah. we're all stuck inside. So, so I would like to say things have changed a lot. I think a lot of the stuff on TV now has. I think that's changed quite a lot from the stuff that I'm seeing. You know, see, still seeing footballers, you know, on the Premier League taking a knee before games. They've had good discussions about, you know, race and football, that sort of thing. So that's still happening. I think a lot of the TV programmes have actually tried to, you know, looking at including more um, mm. black and ethnic people in them. I don't know if anyone's seen that show Bridgerton, but um, apparently... Everyone's like talking a, about Bridgerton. Yeah, it's a, but it's like a 50-50 mix. Yeah. And how often do you see that? You know, you don't see that often when you Not look at TV. Drama. No, not. exactly, exactly. And so I think things are starting to change. I think people are starting to come a bit more um, a bit more aware of, of this sort of thing. But I can think of one incident I did have where um, I walked out to do my kind of daily exercise. So this is the middle of the day. We're talking, you know, it was kind of summertime. It's about three, mm. four in the afternoon, that sort of thing, just to stretch my legs and walk out. And I was just walking behind... Uh, someone I wasn't obviously next to the next to the lady, but I was quite far behind her. Um, I had my headphones in and I was walking up the hill. She obviously heard me walking, took one look at me, um, and immediately crossed the road. I knew why she crossed the road. You know, she didn't have to spell it out, but because the look was written all over her face at the time. But just the way she kind of acted towards me, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't threatening, I wasn't menacing, didn't have my hood up, it wasn't the middle of the night, you know, any of that sort of things that, you know, mm. stereotypical that people would think that, you know, I'm going to cross the road. You know, even, you know, myself, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm walking down the road late at night and there's a group of lads or a group of anyone, whoever it is, and I'm on my own, you do kind of, you know, you are going to, your antennas are going to go up. It's going to happen. But middle of the day, three in the afternoon, she kind of looked at me and took, you know, and saw what I looked like or what she perceived that I looked like and immediately decided to cross the road. So, yeah, in some ways, yes. In other ways, maybe not so much. I was going to say, if I could add to that, I think you you, you probably have nailed on the head. When I think of, like, the Black Lives Movement or people taking the knee or the Christmas adverts, there are things that are changing, but I suppose... It'd be foolhardy not to say that there's maybe a slight undercurrent of some people wanting to know why things are changing. I know that there's people that are happy to see Kevin the Carrot and resonate with that, but when there was a black family celebrating Christmas... Yeah, they were saying that that didn't represent them. Um, so, yes, I'd, like to, I'd say things are changing, but equally, 
think this is why it's really important that people understand why things are changing or why people are different groups of people are being are being represented. If they don't understand, there's always going to be resistance and there's always going to be as v them. And I think that's what I'm keen to ensure that, especially within life search, doesn't happen. People are on board with what's happening, why we're doing things, and we're educating and we're informing. And it's not about as v them; it's all of us and how do we all uh, are inclusive. Mm. And on, on that point, um, as you may know, in the second culture roadshows that we're doing, we're bringing in an external kind of guest to help kind of shape our thinking about tolerance and diversity. There's a lady called Jo Arscott, so she's going to be working with us on these 14 workshops. And some of the content is going to be about um, how do you, if you think, I don't need to change, I'm fine, I'm progressive, I'm liberal-minded, I don't have any views like that. Um, is that really true? Um, and and how do you how do we start to kind of have conversations with those people? Um, and through the first workshops that Paula and I did, where we started to talk about tolerance, and yeah, a, a few people have felt uncomfortable about it. Um, and in a way, I think that's a, a good thing. I think a, a bit of personal discomfort is what um, should kind of spur you into to kind of just thinking again or, or trying to kind of learn, trying to grow. Um, so I, I think that, that that's a really positive place for us to be. The hardest thing about uh, the group is the active engagement of people who think everything is okay and just want to go about their daily lives. Hmm. Not Not that they don't care, but they're just happy to go about their daily business. And unfortunately, that's like 70 to 80% of people. And I think these second round workshops are really going to give everybody a real, a little prod just to kind of just, just to think again and, and do some self-introspection. Yeah. I think going back to kind of what uh, we were saying as well, about what Liam was saying, I mean, how many people are potentially kind of just seeing this as a, as a phase? Um, and I think a lot of people kind of, Initially, when something like that happens or when something like the George Floyd incident, when it happened, you know, there's a lot of positive movement and there's a lot of kind of want to change. There's a lot of will to change. But kind of the follow up movement after that, that's very, very important in terms of keeping that momentum going. Absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, as a business for us, I think it's important to kind of really sort of identify that this isn't just a phase, that this is something that we're really keen to follow through on. I think I had an interesting uh, conversation with Andrew, if you remember, about... Uh, painting, doing a master painting, and when we know that that master painting is finished, you know every brush stroke we make, every everything you do. So you start off with a blank canvas, and you keep putting the strokes in there. But when is it finished? We don't know. But we still keep painting. We still keep trying, and that's what this is. And actually, because life is what life is, people keep being born and. And for every person that's born, you've got an opportunity to either educate them and help them become a um, an open-minded and, and welcoming person, or you've got a chance to uh, not educate that person. I think I think Darren hit the nail on the head um, a while ago. Darren, you basically or was it Leon? You know, our, our generation has pretty much failed. We we have not been able to get the progress that we needed to get to be where we are with with um you know fairness and, and diversity and, and racism so it's really really important to make sure the people coming up don't follow in our footsteps because if if they just do what we're doing it would just be the same result they have to do things differently it's there are you know i know i know our youth are, are what's going to change change things it doesn't mean we should just give up and not try we're always going to try but 
we sort of had our say, you know, I'm 40, 46. And I don't think I'm going to rock the world in my next 40 years, but I definitely want to make sure my son does. So, and, and that's never say never, it. Melvin. Ne- never say never. <laughs> I will try. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to keep trying. That's, that's where I'm built. I think that's where we need to take more social responsibility when it comes to educating our own. I think there is still an element of, yes, you have to work harder than everybody else because, yes, you have to kind of, you know, prove yourself more so. But in terms of standing up for yourself, in terms of, you know, standing up for what's right, in terms of not necessarily having to toe the line just because you're of a particular skin colour, I think that's where we need to be responsible and educate our own as well in terms of, you know, challenging that sort of bigotry. Self-worth. Self-worth is what I think a lot of minorities are lacking. So, yes, they can be at a disadvantage, but they feel disadvantaged themselves. So they don't actually project as much as they can project. So if we can make sure that our kids have that self-worth, I think that's going to help the situation as well. I would like to just uh, add into that, that no baby is born thinking I'm rubbish. No. That is, that is given to them by, in my, in my view, the state and the world that they grow up in. Um, I'm reminded of... Um, Small Axe. If you haven't seen Small Axe, go and watch Small Axe. Steve McQueen, the film director, has made five fantastic films. The The final one is called Education. And uh, it's just, it's all about how one boy in a school is just crushed. Um, but he gets helped out by some, by some clever ladies. Um, and I think that's a true story. I'm not sure. Um, we have to wrap this up in, in about three minutes. So are there any final things that you guys want to say? The floor's yours. I think it is about uh, keeping keeping this going and keeping the conversation out there because I could probably guarantee at least 80% of the companies or people that I spoke to aren't kind of continuing it on, whereas we are. We're still having the conversation, still meeting every couple of weeks. Um, so, And that's just testament to the company that that we work for, that we're still able to do this sort of thing and, and still have a voice. So, yeah, I think it's just about... Really, the main thing is just about keeping the keeping the conversation going. Absolutely. And I think important to, to note on that point too, you know, the, the Chiefs are, are very much driving this. So yeah, we exactly. are now um, signatories to the Race at Work Charter and that gives us formal obligations to, to act and report and Paula is named as the kind of director responsible for that. Um, several times now I've dialed into the Chiefs meetings for specific conversations around you know, diversity and what the squad are doing. So um, yeah, it's being taken very seriously and very energetically at all levels of the business. I have to say um, my sister's, uh, the company she works for, have started a fairness and diversity group and one of my friends I actually told him about what we were doing he went to his company and now his company have started <laughs> a fairness and diversity group as well that's amazing they're a tech company as well so um fantastic maybe we should network in with them and share initiatives yeah. it's just it's people talking isn't it very good thank you all so much for doing this with me this has been another episode of Searching for Elephants I hope you found it interesting and I think it's important to say that if you if you would like to join the Fairness and Diversity Squad, then it's open to members no matter who you are, race, colour or creed. That's right, isn't it? Certainly. And, and, especially, and especially with our, our growing focus on issues around disability and LGBTQ plus issues, certainly searchers with, with experience there. Everybody's um, welcome. Uh, more than happy to, to, to get involved. Give us a shout. Fantastic. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Have a um, have a good day, Zangus. Thank you, thanks everyone. Thanks all. Bye. See you all later. Bye. 
Searching for Elephants was mixed and composed by Patrick Bagri, and the podcast was created and edited by me, Angus Bagri. If you liked what you heard, please follow, subscribe, and give us that five-star review. Lots of love. Life search.